Welcome back to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast presented by Sib Sports. This is your host, John Ashkar, and today with me, I'm back with my co-host, Jack Van Mater. Welcome, welcome, welcome back into another episode of the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. And today we're talking Brown's post-draft review. we got a lot to cover here, so we're not going to waste your time with a super lengthy intro, but it was a pretty good draft for the Browns, and now let's, let's start to break it down right here with just the, the kind of the overview right here. Yeah, so the Browns had nine picks in this draft. They traded down and picked up a couple extra ones from the Texans. They traded out of the second round, so the Browns, it was kind of uneventful at moments because the Browns did not draft in the first or the second round. They drafted like contenders this year, Jack, versus drafting like rebuilders, getting guys at positions that they can build on. They traded Troy Hill for a 2023 fifth round pick, and that is partially due to the drafting of Martin Emerson Jr. in the third round. And then the Browns also got our personal number one target in this draft. We thought he would go in the second round, but the Browns ended up stealing him in the fourth round, and that was Perrion Winfrey. So I know we were both super, super happy about that. Yeah, I like to think we manifested Perrion Winfrey to the Browns, although I'm surprised where we got him because I, I was expecting him to be like a, a candidate for 44 overall until we obviously traded that, and then he was there in the fourth. So that was a blessing. We all know the energy that he, he brings. He's a dog. So yeah, I'm super excited about that. Getting a little bit more into some of the demographics, we posted a graphic on Twitter. If you don't follow us on Twitter, it's at hottest underscore take pod. And basically it broke down all of Andrew Barry's draft trends. And wrote, And so basically this draft followed exactly what we expected it to. The average age, some, so some of these demographics are, are average age, position, breakdown, picks per round, player per conference. The average age of the player who drafted was 22 flat. So pretty young draft, again, which is typical of Andrew Barry. We're going to do some of the breakdown of the position. Yeah, so Jack will basically just say what Andrew Barry did this year, and then I'll break down what he did in the past. So like Jack said, the average age of the draft class this past year was 22.0 years old on the head. The past two years, it was 21.7. So he was very close. Obviously, it will go up a bit when we look at the three-year outlook. But, I mean, you know, he's still in that very, very young range. Yeah, and especially we were talking how, like, we feel like earlier with his earlier picks, he definitely targets that young range. I think the first three or four guys he drafted were in that 21.6 age range. And then later on, he starts to take some shots with maybe some guys that took a little longer to break out, but to the, the average age of, but the, the main guys were all very young, Perrion, Emerson, Alex Wright. So, all right, so moving on to position breakdown in this draft we had one running back two wide receivers one offensive lineman three defensive linemen a cornerback and of course a kicker in kd york yeah so in his past two drafts he did not draft a quarterback so he's yet to draft a qb one running back two wide receivers one tight end three offensive linemen two defensive linemen three linebackers one cornerback two safeties and no kickers or punters so we went against the grain this year without drafting a linebacker and by also drafting a kicker. So picks per round, this is just kind of breaking down what picks the Browns had. We had three third-rounders, uh, two fourth-rounders, a fifth-rounder, a sixth-rounder, and two seventh-rounders. Yeah, so this is the first time that Barry's actually picked in the seventh round, and Jack and I were pretty surprised just because he hasn't done it in the past two drafts and never really seemed like he valued those picks. But before, he's had two first-round picks, two second-round picks, three third-round picks, 
three fourth round picks, three fifth round picks, two sixth round picks, and zero sevenths. So Barry is very much stacking his picks in the middle rounds, including the third, fourth, and fifth rounds. Yeah, and you saw they traded, we'll get into some draft trades, but they traded for more middle round picks for next year. So that clearly he likes that spot. I don't know what it, what it is about it. but So per conference, just breaking down where these guys came from, you had one guy drafted out of the Big Ten, two from the SEC, zero from Pac-12, four from the Big 12, big Oklahoma draft for Barry this year, one from the AAC, and one from Conference USA. Yeah, so this is very, again, along the lines of what he's done in the past. In the past two drafts, he had three players from the Big Ten, five from the SEC, so SEC players dominating Andrew Barry's draft boards, two from the Pac-12, two from the Big 12, one from the ACC, one from the AAC, and one from Conference USA. So Barry did not draft from any new conferences this year outside of the Power Five. Yeah, so I feel like there's a couple differences in, in this year versus his past year, but pretty much very similar to what we kind of expect from Barry. And obviously, we, it was a small sample size, so it'll be interesting to see how those trends continue. And for our last trend, he also had two draft pick trades. He had two the last year as well, so this is very typical of Barry. He traded the 44th overall pick, which was a second rounder, to the Texans for the 68th overall pick in the third round, the 108th overall pick in the fourth round, and 124th pick of the fifth round in 2022. And then also traded the 118th pick in the fourth round for pick 156 in the fifth round and a 2023 fourth round pick. So that's another one of those mid-round picks that we picked up for next year. Yeah, so in 2020, Barry made two draft day trades. And in 2021, he did the same exact thing. So he's always going to be looking to trade picks and to acquire picks for the following year. And Jack, I think that's actually the perfect transition into our next segment, draft picks and draft pick trades. So Jack just read you the exact picks that Barry traded. He picked up a bunch of extra picks for the third round this year and then even went and got himself a 2023rd fourth round pick. So he's always looking to benefit the Browns in the future. But I say let's hop into our individual picks. There's nine of them this year, and it's an exciting class for, you know, they're not being a first or second rounder. So kicking it off, we got Martin Emerson, the cornerback out of Mississippi State, picked 68th overall in the third round. This was kind of of a surprise to go corner for Barry since we already had a pretty solid group. But real quick, some notes on Martin Emerson, if you don't know him very well. He had a coverage grade of 78.8, which was the 80th percentile among college athletes. Completion percentage of 57.1, so very good there. Good against the run with a 74.1 run defense grade. His kind of knock is that he only really had one interception his whole career. He really focuses more on batting the balls down when he should probably go for the, the turnover. But he has great a great frame, great speed, but not the most explosive. Sometimes when he gets beat, he's a little bit slow to kind of recover, but definitely a prospective draft pick here as I think if he develops into that size and that frame, he could really be a valuable asset to this team. And like you always say, John, you can never have too many cornerbacks. Yeah, I don't think a good team can ever have enough good cornerbacks. And I like Emerson too. Obviously, this was a surprise. No one really thought they would go corner, but it opened my eyes that the Browns were probably going to try to draft Andrew Booth Jr. with the 44th overall pick because they very much liked him. But then he was swooped in and taken with the 41st overall pick which kind of made the Browns trade back to the third and go get Emerson. But Emerson has a great frame 
and he's a physical corner, and I think he'll fit perfect in this corner room. Agreed. And yeah, that, I like the uh, the fact that he's got a little size because our corners are Newsom and Ward are pretty undersized relatively. It doesn't stop them from being beasts, though. So, all right, next pick. I'll let you kind of break this one down a little bit more since I broke down Emerson. But real quick, I'll just announce his name. It's Alex Wright, the defensive end, round three, pick 78 overall. And another guy with a really good frame. Yeah, so Alex Wright, the defensive end from UAB. I think that's University of Alabama, Birmingham. That's where Chris Hubbard actually went to school. But Wright is a defensive end with a ton of potential. He was the 10th ranked defensive end in the country in 2020 per PFF. He had a pass rush grade of 91.1, which actually blows Trayvon Walker's grade out of the water. Wright is also good against the run, and he had a pass rush win rate of 23.8%. Trayvon Walker, on the other hand, it was at 12%. So obviously we're not saying he may be as good or not as good as Trayvon Walker, but we just wanted to compare it to the first overall pick. But Wright is someone that the Browns can hopefully develop, not you know thrust into a starting role here in year one, can go and understudy one of the best defensive ends in the NFL and Miles Garrett and, you know, develop into a hopeful future tandem partner for Miles. Yeah, definitely a developmental picture, though. I don't think you really expect him to come in and make a huge impact. I feel like that was a kind of a common theme in this draft, maybe other than guys like David Bell and Cade York. Overall, <clears throat> I like Alex Wright. Great size and frame, as you said. I mean, definitely someone that could be a, a good complement to Miles Garrett. So moving on, we've got our next pick, which is when we f- our first offensive player, I was really happy to see this pick. We got David Bell, the wide receiver out of Purdue, with the 99th overall pick in the third round. And David Bell is a guy that, you know, really lost a lot of draft capital after the combine. He was a fringe first round prospect before the NFL combine. He was a beast at Purdue, one of their best players. I'm sure the Ohio State fans recognize that. He ran a four six five at the combine, and that that four six five is just kind of one of many disappointing metrics. He had a very low burst score, low agility, three cone drill, all that. So overall, not the best athlete, but damn, does the dude know how to play receiver? Great versus man coverage and uncontested balls. Has great hands. Forty one contested catches since twenty eighteen, which is the first among power five wide receivers. This guy was a stud in college. He is very refined as a receiver. He just maybe is not the most explosive athlete. Yeah, he's someone that plays a very, very similar to Jarvis Landry, which can notion the Browns not going back to Jarvis Landry. But obviously he's not going to have Jarvis Landry production in a rookie year, nor is it fair to expect that from him as a third-round pick. But I like David Bell. Obviously the speed's not there, but he just knows how to play football, Jack. He knows how to get open. And when he is, he can catch the ball over a lot of corners. So I'm excited for this one. Great. Moving into our next pick is my personal favorite, and I think it's a favorite of Jack. This is round four, pick 108. The Browns got Perrion Winfrey, a defensive tackle from the University of Oklahoma. And Perrion is probably a new Browns fan favorite after how vocal he was with the draft, barking, telling everyone that he's ready and that it's over. But Perion is good in the pass rush. He did have a poor run defense grade, but he had 56 pressures since 2020, which is first among all Big 12 defensive tackles. This guy's big, he's strong, he's fast, and he can get after the quarterback. 
Yeah, for a defensive tackle, he is extremely athletic. Definitely, if you haven't, if you have any time and you want to check out his highlight tape, it's a very entertaining highlight tape as far as defensive tackles go. Perry Winfrey, like you said, though he's a dog. He was born a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got that that energy, got that mentality, and I think that's something that I actually really value for this defense because I feel like. I love our defense, don't get me wrong, but we need a little bit more vocalness on our defense. I feel like we've got a lot of understated guys in Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, etc. So I'm excited to see how Perion fits. Again, fits with that age. He's a young guy, a lot of upside there. And like we said, this is this is one of our favorite picks of the draft. So <clears throat> moving on to a very interesting pick here. Andrew Berry kind of shocked everyone when he went kicker in round four. 124th overall, he selected Cade York out of LSU. First kicker off the board. <clears throat> so clearly this was something that Barry and Stefanski were looking to overhaul because they already cut Chase McLaughlin. So Cade York is like the guy going into the season. But he was 15 of 19 on field goals of 50-plus yards, so he's got a great leg, career long of 57 yards. So he definitely can hit the long ball. 96.7% on extra points. Over his career, 81.8% career field goal percentage, 84.6% in sophomore and junior years. So the guy's a really, really solid kicker, and clearly this is something that Barry thought was a need because he selected him very early for a kicker. Yeah, so earlier this week, Barry caught both Chase McLaughlin and Chris Blewett from the Browns roster, who are both kickers, and they said that Cade York would not have any competition in camp, so he will be your day one starting kicker, bearing any injuries. But I really do like the pick of York. The Browns have been lacking that kicker jack since Phil Dawson. It seems like we've run through a million kickers. But one thing I did want to mention is that York, you know, can handle pressure. As a freshman, he was the kicker for that LSU team that won the national championship, and that couldn't be anything short of pressuring. So I really like that. It's just... How is this guy going to navigate and figure out how to kick in the wind, in the cold weather, in the rain at First Energy Stadium in October, November, and December? So we'll see how that all eventually works out. Our next pick here is a round five pick, pick 156, and that's Jerome Ford, a running back from the University of Cincinnati. This was a little surprising since the Browns already have guys like Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, or Ernest Johnson. Demetric Felton, who also, you know, varies as a wide receiver. Jerome Ford, though, put up some nasty stats at Cincinnati this past year, Jack. He had 1,319 yards and 19 touchdowns in one season. He's an elusive running back, and he forced 52 missed tackles in 2021. So this is just another dangerous piece that the Browns, you know, can start to develop in their system and add to their pot of weapons in this offense. Yeah, I love the player, like the prospect. I think Jerome Ford's a really good football player. The pick was a little confusing to me. Obviously, it goes without saying that the Browns already had one of the best running back rooms in the league. Three deep, really. Like, this guy is kind of our fourth string, maybe even fifth if Demetri gets the nod. But the thing with Ford is it might be a future pick, right? Because you got Kareem Hunt, who is a free agent after this year. So... He might potentially walk, and you could see Jerome slotted in. So we don't know exactly what Barry was thinking with this pick, but as far as the player is concerned, I love it. Like you said, he's elusive. I think he's just overall a really, really good running back. So I think the value there in round five is good. So the next guy that we're going to talk about is wide receiver Michael Woods II out of Oklahoma. 
He was pick 202 overall, round six. And this guy was a, is another interesting pick for me because he never really did much in college statistically. In 2021, he had 35 catches for 400 yards, two touchdowns, 300-yard games at Arkansas. He, yeah, he played at Arkansas for two years before transferring to Oklahoma. And then he's 22.1 years old. Like, I, you know, watching his tape, I really like the way he moves. I think he has upside in, in developmental like if if we develop him a little bit he could he could be a solid piece but a little bit confusing to me honestly he was a guy that some people projected to not even get drafted so i don't know exactly if this was maybe the best pick in my opinion however our receivers are so thin right now that i can't really argue with the need yeah, so this is, I wanted to mention, this is the point where Andrew Berry starts picking outside of that age range, round 6 and 7, our guys all over 22 years old. But Woods, yes, Jack, it's a questionable pick. He is someone that can, you know, go and get long, deep balls, which Deshaun Watson is great at throwing. So I don't see a problem with giving him an opportunity to, you know, go out and prove himself in camp to get that 6th or 5th spot in the wide receiver court, but... It's not someone that Andrew Barry would usually pick up in a draft, if that makes sense. Yeah, agreed. So, round seven, our second last pick, pick 223, is defensive end Isaiah Thomas, again from the University of Oklahoma. Same with Michael Woods and Perry Winfrey. And he's the oldest player in our draft class at 23.4 years old. But Isaiah Thomas is someone that has very much produced in the past two years at Oklahoma, where he had 16 sacks. He had a very good pass rush grade and above average grade versus the run. Thomas is someone that, you know, has a lot of upside in the seventh round pick and has been called a steal of this round. But with age and production coming later in his career, that's how the Browns were able to kind of find him here in the seventh round. Yeah, I like that you mentioned steal. I I do think he probably should have gone earlier because he's a hell of an athlete, 6'5". Ran a 4.7, which is in the 99th percentile. Great burst score. The age is concerning to me. That's like being a basically a 24-year-old rookie is old. Like that's that's very old. So I'm definitely expecting him, if he wants to keep a spot in the league, to produce pretty immediately. However, I do like the, the upside because certainly he probably should have gone earlier. Good production, good, good athlete, good specimen. So overall, I like this pick. For the Browns. Our final pick of the draft came in round seven at pick 246 overall in Dawson Deaton, a center. And Dawson Deaton, this fills a big need with the release of JC Treader earlier this offseason. We've got some good guys there at the position. Nick Harris, who Barry drafted two years ago, is slated to start. However, I think this is also a position that we needed more depth at. So this is not a surprising pick at all. He's a, I would say, above average run and pass blocker. His, his grades were both in the 75th percentile, about 23 years old. So like you said, John, like he kind of went off tangent of the demographics here. Got some older guys. Definitely some guys that I think have good developmental upside. The one thing I will say about Dawson Deaton before we move on is that he has a very interesting build for a center. He's pretty tall, and his legs are super skinny, which is weird. Usually you see centers, they're like very compact human beings. So I don't know how this is going to work. I don't necessarily love the prospect, to be honest with you. But again, the need was there. And certainly he's someone that, you know, 
could develop into a starting player. Yeah, so this is the third center now on the Browns roster as they also went out and signed Ethan Pochitz, a Seattle starting center from last year to this year's roster. So Pochitz is only on a deal for one year, though, so Dawson could come in and if he plays well enough, find himself a spot on the roster to possibly be the sole backup of the position next year or even compete for the starting position if Nick Harris doesn't go and grab it next year. But the knock on Deaton was he goes out and uses his athleticism more than you know using the fundamentals to go and block, but I don't see a better place for him to come and learn the fundamentals than from the Browns offensive line coach, Bill Callahan, who's the best in the game. So he's going to have an opportunity to learn. If he plays, he's going to find himself a roster spot. So it can't also hurt to ever have enough offensive line depth. The Browns saw that last year as, you know, they lacked depth and it took a toll on our quarterback. Yeah. So real quick, John, before we move into the kind of overall stat status of the Browns, where, what, what would you grade this draft for Andrew Barry? I would give this draft a B grade, Jack. Just because obviously there's nothing super exciting about it, but I like the value he got in players like Perry on Winfrey and Isaiah Thomas. So I'm gonna give him a B. Yeah, I think I'd slate right there with the B as well. I you know, I think when you look back at this draft a couple years in the future, I don't think it's gonna be a draft that you look and be like, Oh my gosh, like the Browns got so much better. So I I don't think I can give it an A. But I do think, like you said, there's some good values. David Bell even at receiver Kate York, if he turns out to be very good, like that could be a, a good pick. So definitely interesting overall, you know, with, with what we had, obviously not having a first round pick due to that Watson trade, it wasn't going to be flashy, but I think he did well. So remaining needs of the Browns, we're going to kind of get you caught up on the current status. So the biggest one is defensive line depth. Right now, our starting defensive ends are Miles Garrett, Chase Winovich, Alex Wright, Stephen Weatherly, Isaiah Thomas. Our starting defensive tackles are Taven Bryan, Perrion Winfrey, Jordan Elliott, Tommy Togiai, and Sheldon Day. Like, honestly, if, if you want me to be blunt, we really only have one starting caliber player there. I mean, maybe Chase Winovich steps up, maybe Perrion Winfrey turns out to be a stud, but we definitely need some, some more defensive line depth. I think bringing back Clowney would be huge for the Browns. Yeah, I think the Browns need to or have the ability to go add three more starters on a four-man defensive line, including another defensive end, which could and should be Javion Clowney, and then two starting caliber defensive tackles. I think it would be unfair, especially to ask the defensive tackle room to step up because guys like Taven Bryant, Perrion Winfrey, Elliott, Togiai are all super, super young and are recent drafted players besides Bryant, but... The Browns have to go upgrade that position after this draft. And, yeah, I mean, they're not going to get places with a defensive line that is that young and inexperienced. Yeah, one name to watch that's still out there is Akeem Hicks, played for the Bears last couple years. He's still out there. I think that would be really, really good to not only bring some depth to the position, but also some veteran leadership that can kind of mold these young guys. Because like you said, all of these guys are super young. Like, So we really have no experience in that room. So it'd be nice to get someone like him who would kind of lead that lead that group so next position of need for the browns is tight end depth so we obviously know over the last few years how important tight ends are to this browns offense and to kevin what kevin stefanski wants to do i love david and joku i love harrison bryant so it's not that i necessarily think we have a bad group but like behind that we don't have much 
Marco Santos Silva, the basketball player that we just signed. I mean, like, so we definitely need to work on this room, I think, a little bit. Because if you think, you always have to factor injuries into this. Like, if David Njoku goes down, are you comfortable with Harrison Bryant being your starting tight end? I, I, I don't, I can't really say that I am. So definitely some, you know, bringing in a nice veteran here could boost this room in the future. Obviously, in a perfect world, the Browns could go out and sign Yoff Swam, but he is with the Titans, so that's not an option for the Browns. But, Jack, besides Njoku and Harrison Bryant, they have Marco Santos Silva, Nick Gamos, Miller Forrestal, guys that have never played in the National Football League. The Browns could go help themselves by signing uh, blocking tight ends, someone along the lines of a Darren Fells. Not saying they should go sign Darren Fells, but someone who can work in that position and just be a primary blocking tight end for the Browns' heavy, heavy run scheme. And then let Harrison Bryant and David Njoku, you know, take up the receiving needs. Obviously, with the cut of Austin Hooper, the Browns are putting a little more trust in Harrison Bryant to go out and take that second receiving role for tight ends. So I really think the Browns need to go add even two tight ends just to be able to, you know, go and block and possibly serve as a replacement due to injury. Yeah, don't sleep on Miller Forrestal either. Yeah, he's a total bro, so he really brings the energy there, too. So I really like that guy. All right, next is wide receiver depth and, honestly, wide receiver experience. We did address this position in the draft and in the offseason. We got Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Schwartz, David Bell, Jakeem Grant, Jamarcus Bradley, Javon Wims. Those last two guys really are not going to see much playing time. So really, it's five men men deep and even Jakeem Grant I think is more of a special teamer than a true wide receiver so really I feel like it's four guys deep and besides Amari Cooper nobody is really established in that room so I definitely think we need another veteran wide receiver there's still some good options out there I can let you uh, read off some of these available wide receivers that are still out there in free agency but definitely a position that I don't feel comfortable like if the season started tomorrow I would not feel great about yeah, so available players are Jarvis Landry, who is most likely not coming back at this point. Odell Beckham Jr., again, who is most likely not coming back at this point. Also someone that I would not be happy to see yeah. back. William Fuller, the fourth, or the fifth, is someone that I'm very high on that I would like to see. Julio Jones and Deshaun Jackson. Will Fuller and Deshaun Jackson are two very similar players, you know, going out and getting the deep ball. But Will Fuller is someone that has played with Deshaun Watson in the past and has that developed chemistry and is also a lot younger than Deshaun Jackson. So Will Fuller, Jack, I told you, is someone that I would very much like to see and someone that could really boost this wide receiver corps. Yeah, I agree. And the one other guy that I, I'm interested in, I don't know what his asking price is, but Julio Jones, I still have hope that that guy is not completely washed. I know he didn't play well with the Titans last year, but there's a number of variables that could have gone into that. So I think if you add Julio Jones and, you know, Amari Cooper, I, I, look, I think that has a lot of potential. So William Fuller, Julio Jones, I think are the two guys that I'm looking at the most. And then I don't think the door's completely closed on Jarvis Landry, but it definitely is seeming like it's Closing cooling more. off. Yeah. yeah, I agree. All right, well, that pretty much wraps up our Browns review episode. I'm sure we're going to be talking about these guys a lot more as the season nears, but... Thank you all for listening. As always, it's a pleasure. And anything you want to say before we sign off? 
Yeah, next week we're going to have our schedule episode coming out as well because the NFL is releasing the schedules for all 32 teams, so be on the lookout for that. But thank you if you made it this far, and thank you for tuning in. And even if you made it a minute, you'll never hear this, but we appreciate you. So stay hot, our friends. Peace. And thanks to you guys if you made it this far listening to the Hottest Take Sports Podcast. Today's intro beat was made by Big Bad Beats on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the description. Make sure you all go give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the hottest underscore take pot. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to stay updated with our show. Also, make sure you rate the show and leave some feedback. Thanks again, y'all, and see you next time. <laughs>